as we continue our, our journey through the Gospel of Luke, um, being reminded of, of our, our common language in Christ, uh, today, as you've heard, we do look at the, the ordinary elements that make up the extraordinary, unstoppable fulfillment of God's plan or of God's kingdom. Today, we, we see it in Luke chapter 13, um, starting with verse 10. And I want you now to be considering the, the ways, what, what you are hearing from God for, for you. What are the, the ways that each of us, ordinary as we might be or extraordinary as we might consider ourselves, what is the way that, that God is having you be at work in the, the, the spread of his plan, of the, the, the furthering of what Jesus calls his kingdom? Let's, let's pray together. Gracious God, thank you for your written word. Speak to us in uh, these moments of uh, the ways that you would lead us to act change uh, our very minds and hearts to be more in tune, more in line with yours so that our hands and feet will follow. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Luke chapter 13, starting with verse 10, um, found on page 848 of the Pew Bible. I invite you to turn there or to follow along on the screen. Hear the word of the Lord. Now he, Jesus, was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites! Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger? And lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for eighteen long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame. And the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. He said, therefore... What is the kingdom of God like? And to what should I compare it? It is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in the garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds of the air made nests in its branches. And again he said, To what should I compare the kingdom of God? It is like yeast that a woman took and mixed with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. 
This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, just a, a few pictures to that connect with Jesus' parables here, where he's saying this is what the kingdom is like. Now, the kingdom of God is the, the plan of God, the, 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 the etiquette of heaven. It's the, the, it, the, the ways of God, how God reigns over the earth. This is what it's like. This is what it'll be like as it unfolds from Jesus' ministry to his disciples like a little bit of yeast. Just a a little bit of yeast, a few tablespoons that are put, Jesus says, in 50 to 60 pounds of flour. They result then in bread. Not just one loaf, but many loaves that he presents to then feed many folks. It's like a little seed, just a little seed that then is, is planted in the field and it grows into a tree or grows into flowers that then die with many more seeds that then are planted. Little seeds that then make a whole field. Or it's like little drops of water. We can take the little drops of water and just see the... But you bring those few drops of water together and then they they flow into a creek. And as creeks come together all at one place, it then flows into a giant, beautiful river that ends in a waterfall. But it starts with just the drips. It starts with just the seed. It starts with just the yeast. Jesus is telling us is that his kingdom, his plan, the the work that God had sent him to do, to, to begin, is going to be continued in little ways. Little, ordinary, what would seem to be small, insignificant ways. In little, ordinary, simple, small people like me and you are like that yeast. We're like those seeds, we're like the drops of water, or we're like the individual snowflakes that then blanket an entire area, that blanket even an entire country. That is the, the beauty of God's plan, that there is no one here that is not qualified. No one here that can say, you know, I can't participate in this. It's just a simple, ordinary, small seed that represents people like you and me. As we've said, one of the first words in our common language is beloved. That if we are in Christ, we are all beloved. If we are in Christ, we are all anointed. We are qualified. We are set apart. If we are in Christ, then we we have all that is necessary to participate in God's plan, in the beauty of His plan. Now, and we see it, we have illustrations throughout history. You know, we, we, we know Rosa Parks, just a simple seamstress, secretary, hospital worker. And in Montgomery, Alabama, one day she said, I've had enough. I'm going to stay sitting down in this seat. 
simple, ordinary woman. Or Primus King. You know who Primus King is? He was one of the first African Americans to vote in Georgia. Or actually, one of the many that was refused the right to vote. And and Primus never had any education. He was a, a chauffeur, a butler... And he realized those were dead-end jobs. So he self-taught barber. Worked his way up. Became a Christian at a revival outside of Columbus, Georgia. Became a minister. And then decided it was his turn. It was time for him to vote in 1944. Columbus, Georgia. Democratic primary. Went forward to vote. The Democrat was refused. So then he started the lawsuit that in two years eventually led to anyone being able to vote in local and state elections throughout the country. From Reverend Primus E. King. Simple, ordinary people. One decided she was going to sit down. One decided he was going to stand up. And it started a huge wave of change. Small, ordinary people in Christ. That's what the kingdom of God is like. Notice too that they're buried. They're hidden. You you notice that in both these cases, a seed in a seed has to go underground. Jesus later says a seed has to die before it can then be raised into something beautiful. The yeast has to be hidden. Actually, that's what the the word that Jesus uses. The yeast has to be hidden in the flour. In order to cause the flour to to then become bread. The yeast has to be hidden and then totally be transformed into something totally different. Just a little bit of yeast buried into the flour then causes loaf upon loaf upon loaf. It's not necessarily the most vocal, the most gifted, or the most glamorous that bring about the work of the kingdom. It's not the ones that are in the front, at the top, on the headlines. I mean, the way of the world says the one that has the best publicity, the best marketing plan. That's not the way of God's kingdom. It is the most dedicated. It is the way of the seed that has to die. It is the way of the yeast that has to be totally transformed. That's God's plan. Not the world. The the way of the kingdom is not the way of self-fulfillment, but of God's fulfillment. God's plan is, is not fulfilling of my goals, but of fulfilling of God's goals. It is not accomplishing grand things. It is accomplishing God's things. Buried, hidden, behind the scenes, under the ground, in the midst of the flower. then brings about the work of God's kingdom. You may recall the name of Osceola McCarty. Anybody remember who Osceola 
was? Remember that name? Sue, who was she? Yes. Uh huh. She's a common person. Matter of fact, she was a laundress. She, she finished, she was born in Mississippi, finished school in sixth grade. That's when she had to stop because um, her parents died. She had to take care of her, the rest of her family. And she started working as in the laundry. Washing clothes, other textiles, whatever was necessary to wash. And she did that for 74 years in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And in those 74 years, Miss McCarty was very um, gracious, hardworking seed. A speck or two of yeast. Probably never made more than $20,000 a year. In all of her 74 years of working in the laundry. But when she died, through the help of her bank teller and the folks at her bank, she gave over $300,000 away. 150 went to found, endow a scholarship at the University of Southern Mississippi. And then the rest to church and family. That's a perfect example of a long obedience in the same direction. Simple, ordinary, yeast and seeds, drops of water, flakes of snow, Buried, hidden, for a long time, doing a lot of root work. That then flower in the hands of God. And actually each of these three, both Rosa Parks and Reverend King and Miss McCarty, they all had a group of people supporting them and helping them, encouraging them. So that their simple, small acts of love and righteousness would then spread to change the world. In an impact that only God can cause that's much greater than what they did. And that's the last piece, I think, from Jesus story to us is that the way the kingdom spreads is simple, small, ordinary people buried, hidden, doing the work of God that then God causes to spread in a way that impacts the world for the benefit of others. I think that's why Jesus ties these two parables with the story of the the woman being healed. I mean, it is interesting that he has this story and then says, therefore, verse 18, he said, therefore, he gives the story of the mustard seed and the yeast. That his simple act of love, of love towards this woman who was broken and had been broken for 18 years, ordinary woman, and he heals her, in the ways of God's kingdom that go against the ways of the religious leaders of the day. I mean, on on this Valentine's Day, what we are reminded of, that God's plan is always to act according to the love of Christ. 
In simple, small ways. As Mother Teresa said, the, the ways of God kingdom, ways of God's kingdom are ordinary acts of extraordinary love. And that's what we see in Jesus. A motive of love for this woman and a motive of love for the Pharisees. For the religious leaders of the day because they were caught into rules and guidelines that were not the way of the kingdom and they needed to be broken of those for their own good. Just as this woman who was broken need to be made whole. The ways of the kingdom take small, ordinary elements, buried, hidden, working behind the scenes, to then benefit others abundantly in the hands of an extraordinary God. So that little seeds then make a tree in, in which birds can lie in its branches. Little yeast and flour then become the bread. They can feed the multitudes. Harkens back to the little boy, you know, with his sack lunch, a few loaves of fish, few, or a few loaves of bread and a few fish that God then takes to feed thousands. As we gather around the table, we recognize the ordinary elements of bread and of juice and how God takes them to, to nourish us in extraordinary spiritual ways. Beyond even our understanding. The, the work of the kingdom are the little small ways that we follow the ways of Christ wherever we go. That he then uses and multiplies abundantly for the salvation of the world. Christian Smith is a sociologist now at the University of, of Notre Dame. And he has a, a book out on the, the giving patterns of uh, American Christians. And uh, it's really not good news because it shows for the, the church as a whole that as in the last hundred years, as we've become more and more affluent, we've given a lower and lower percentage of our income. To the work of the church as a whole. He even said that if, if, if those people that he, in, his, in their, their survey that the university did, who were called themselves strong and committed Christians, you know, the, those that, that are regularly attending church and those that identified themselves as strong and committed Christians, if they tithed, just that group, just that subgroup, if that group of people that call themselves strong and committed Christians, if they gave 10% of their income to the work of the church, that would release $46 billion for the work of the kingdom. If each one that called themselves committed follower of Jesus would give 10% of their income to the work of the church, that would release an additional $46 billion. Now, I know that's not our issue here. I share that with you so that you can share it with other Christians where maybe that might be the issue. So, where... Has God planted you as a seed 
Where, where are you? Just a little grain of yeast. Put in a huge batch of dough, but you are the one to leaven it. May simply be, for, for some of us here, may simply be, yeah, that, that's me. I call myself a strong and committed Christian, but I do not tithe. I don't give 10% of my income to the work of the church. Tax days around the corner, you're going to be filling out your taxes. That's one of the good ways to sort of get an idea. All right, how much was the donation? How much was my um, gross income? How am I doing on that? Maybe that, that may be the way that God's calling you to be yeast. Behind the scenes, hidden, but a way that you give and participate in the, the work of the kingdom. Do that way. Maybe in your school, as a student, it's time to, to stand up. To stand up against the bullies. Say, so don't do that anymore. It's time to, to, to sit down with the ones who are bullied and simply be their friend. Just, that's the work of a seed. That's the work of yeast in the midst of the leaven. It may be at your place of work that it's time for you to blow the whistle. It's time for you in the boardroom to stand up and say, that is unjust. That is wrong. That is dishonest. And I'm not going to be a part of it and we shouldn't be. It may just take one word. I remember once I was in a movie theater. I was a kid's movie. I was with my kids and a bunch of their friends. And... A baby was up in the top and the baby started crying in the middle of the movie and then somebody on the other side of the movie theater started yelling at the parent over there, Hey, take your blankety-blank kid out of there. And I'm like, this doesn't make sense. We're in a child's movie and this guy's cussing out another guy. And of course, then that parent, holding a crying baby, yelled at the other person, Hey, you blankety-blank, take care of your own. Uh, And to which I then, just in the midst of it, said, Hey, be quiet. This is a children's movie. And of course, my children then just sunk. Talk about hidden. But stopped. They stopped yelling at each other. It's just a matter of stop standing on the sidelines and say something. Where is it for you? In an ordinary, simple way. It's not that you got to make grandstanding proposals is just simply say, I don't think that's right. Maybe it's, it's in the community in some way. Maybe God is laying on you just the burden. You, you can't change it. You can't change the crisis that we have in our community for foster children. You, you can't change it, but maybe you can love a foster child. Or maybe you can support foster parents. You can't change the fact that 40% of the children under 18 in the city of Cincinnati live in poverty. You can't change it. But what's a way that you can be seed, that you can be yeast, and you can reach out and care for single parents or children who are living in poverty because they were born in it?
It's the way the kingdom works. It's the way that God designed it. That simple, ordinary acts of an extraordinary love behind the scenes, under the ground, in the midst of the leaven, in the hands of the Creator, are then taken and exploded in ways well beyond we could ever imagine, think, or dream. What are the simple ways God is calling you to do the wondrous works of God's kingdom? Behind the scenes, underground. And then let God, let God take care of the explosion. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you for your word. Thank you that you use ordinary elements to fulfill your extraordinary purposes. We give ourselves to you. To take us as seed and yeast. So that you will cause the the dough to rise and the trees to grow. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.